All right, folks, back here in uh, Juneau, Alaska, this time uh, with David Teal. How you doing, David? Great. You're the uh, Legislative Finance Director. Big title, right? <laughs> I see you on gavel all the time, so I've been trying to get you for the podcast since I was here um, during the regular session. But you're, you're a pretty busy guy. You're on, you're on TV quite a bit. Well, the TV is short. It's the prep for going on TV that's long. I see your office here. You have the big screen and you have the big, you have a lot of Excel. You must be, you must be pretty good in Excel, huh? Uh, I use it a lot, but I suppose there are people more powerful than I am in Excel. Uh, Alexi's probably better, but but we manage with Excel just fine. But, you know, most of what we do is in a budget system. We produce things in Excel for people who can't read budget reports, which... People like me, you know. Yeah. Makes more sense in Excel. Well, Excel's prettier. There's no doubt about that. So you're the legislative finance director, uh, which means you work for the you work for the legislature, correct? Yep, all sixty. So you you uh, you're the guy. Your office. How many people work in the legislative finance office? Uh, well, there are six analysts plus me, plus the finance committee secretaries and IT and some other people. So I don't know. I suppose it's a dozen or so when you add them up. So the legislatures the legislators put together. The budget they vote on the budget, but they look to you guys to look at individual items or indiv- like how to fund it, balance it, pay deficits, cover deficit taxes, things like that. Yeah, I mean we're we're technical. We first we start the year looking at the governor's budget and make sure that that he has a starting point based on last year's budget and money moving around, but. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a number of things to look at, not just what's spent, but what kind of money is spent and whether there's a deficit and how you fill it. It's all just do the numbers add up. We're not involved in saying, you know, what goes in a budget. They tell us what to put in and we put it in. So you've been here for, you said, 20 20 years? Yeah, I think my first budget was 98, maybe 97, I can't remember. And you're from Anchorage originally? Yeah, I grew up in Anchorage and left when I was, oh, just about 63, about the time of the earthquake, and came back in 78 after college and grad school. And Did you went to college in Hawaii? Right. Well, was that the uh, place where they play the, the Pro Bowl every year? Is it the... It must be. I didn't. Yeah, the big yeah, football the big, Yeah, Manoa campus, mm-hmm. main campus. Yeah. Then you went to, you were telling me you went to Wisconsin for your yep. great, great. Madison, yep. Was was the plan to come back to Alaska or you didn't really know? And Oh, yeah, I kind of wanted to come back to Alaska. And in fact, uh, you know, I took a job in Juneau only because I figured it was a lot easier to get a job in Anchorage if I was in state. I don't know, never left. What did you do before you were doing the... Large finance job. Oh, I started out with the state in Department of Labor. Um, did unemployment insurance actuary for a while, and then I went to uh, legislative research. I was director there for five years, and then went over to OMB for a, a bit, and private sector for a little while, and, and then back as uh, director here 
So you've been all over the whole gamut, private sector and government and executive, legislative. Yeah, that's why I'm so old. Anything with the courts? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> One branch. Um, so it's interesting. If you started in 97 or 98, you, you were here in this job during the crash in the early 2000s when there was essentially a very similar fiscal problem, right? Yeah, it was... It was the difference is that uh, the the fiscal problem was the same. The political problem was different. We, oh, oh, so? Well, we didn't have uh, other ways of funding a budget then. It was, um, you know, we had a constitutional budget reserve fund that was set up but didn't have very much money in it, and, and that was the only reserves we had. And, and of course, at the time... It was running on the edge of running out of the CBR. That's um, constitutional budget reserve. Right. So, you know, I think that's the political problem now is people look at this and say, we don't really even have uh, a problem. We've got $19 billion sitting in a, the earnings reserve account, which we can spend. So why are we so concerned about not spending it it's a it's a political problem mm -hmm. not a not a fiscal problem so andrew halcrow he um shared with me a couple of years ago this it was called the fiscal policy caucus mm -hmm. document it was a report basically that was i think made in 2001 or 2002 and uh it was interesting i read through it and it was basically it was all the same kind of solutions that people are talking about now you know use part of the earnings or taxes or reduce Spent, you know, there's, it was basically the same. If you took the years off, it would be the same, same and, thing. And that wasn't the only round. I think there, this is we're on probably round four of exactly the same discussion. We're out of money. What do we do? We need a fiscal policy. We need a plan. And then oil recovers, and everyone says, "Now nah, we don't need a plan. It's all fixed." Mm -hmm. So, so in the early two thousands, when that happened, the the earnings reserve wasn't nearly as big. No, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, uh, the earnings reserve was a couple million dollars because you know you, no matter what, even a, a forty billion dollar fund has a lot of earnings, mm -hmm. and interest rates were at various times higher than they are now, so returns were pretty good in some years and and negative in others and. But the earnings reserve was was always there until two thousand eight and nine when it almost ran out. Yeah, that was when the global crisis happened, yep. right? And right. So, the earnings reserve—it's interesting—it requires a, a just a simple majority to, to access. But but the CBR is a three-quarter, and that's a constitutional thing, right? Three-quarter threshold. The, the, right. I mean, almost everything the legislature does is simple majority, but the Constitutional Budget Reserve Fund was set up to require a supermajority vote to spend, but that was supposed to be the unusual circumstance. Mm -hmm. the, the main way of accessing the Constitutional Budget Reserve account was a simple majority vote. So can you talk about why the Constitutional Budget Reserve was set up, when, when, it, when it was set up? and uh, Set up in 1991, and 
the statutory budget reserve balance was transferred to it. It wasn't, I mean, in today's terms, these numbers sound silly because it was, I think, less than a billion dollars. And then what goes into the Constitutional Budget Reserve Fund, or the CBR, is settlements from disputes over oil. That was that, uh, like, Amarada Hess thing? Was that part of that? or uh, That was one dispute. There have been others all along. Uh, it's any time there's a dispute over taxes, if it goes to uh, an administrative hearing level, then any money that's recovered goes into the the CBR instead of to the general fund. So there's typically a couple hundred million a year that that's deposited into the reserve fund. From the settlements? Yep. Now, when the price of oil pumped up to 150 or whatever it was, and it was really high for a long time, the, the legislature was saving a lot of money, right, when there was surpluses for, for several years? Did that, did that all go in there? No. Uh, the way the CBR works is it's established as a shock absorber account. And what that means is we know that oil is volatile and therefore our revenue is volatile because that's really our, not only, but certainly our primary source of revenue. So oil revenue bounces around and the theory was that when revenue is down, we draw from the CBR and you could draw with a simple majority. And when oil prices are up, you would deposit money because there's a sweep in the Constitution that says anything left in the general fund at the end of the year, you have to put back in the CBR. So good times, you're depositing money. Bad times, you're taking it out. Do we, is there, I've heard because they borrowed money or whatever, do they, do they, do they owe money? They owe money back? Is that part of the sweep? Right. That's the whole thing. And you ask what we did with the money in the good times. We repaid everything that we owed the Constitutional Budget Reserve Fund. And there was no sweep for several years. So what's owed? $12 billion. And right now it's so $12 more billion. Right. Because we paid it all back. Um, and then the last five years or so we've taken two to three billion a year from it and essentially we're down to two billion or so of cash in it but the way the accountants do this is the cbr is a 14 billion dollar fund two billion in cash and 12 billion owed from the general fund to so the, on, on the on the balance sheet it shows a, an, an owed 12, 12 yes. billion yeah and that's why budgeting is so different from accounting. We look at it as, I don't care how much we owe. That's not real money. The only real money is the cash in the account. That's all we can spend. That's all we care mm-hmm. about. And it's $2 billion. So you mentioned the sweep, and I want to talk about that because this is an issue that I think most of the state who's paying attention is aware of now. And I think in the past, some people who followed politics maybe have heard, heard of it or there was a reverse sweep thing that always kind of automatically happened when they voted. So can you talk about the sweep? Um, you mentioned it's paying back this account. And then how many, because I've heard 30 or 40, I, I don't know how many accounts there are. Um, and then how many were actually swept into the into the CBR? And I know that maybe that's still kind of ongoing. It's undetermined, some of the accounts. 
I think there are probably a hundred, but most of them are insignificant. There are maybe 30 that matter. And of those, uh, you know, it, it's still in dispute a little bit because OMB uh, is still working on that sweep list. They expanded it from 17 and 18, which theoretically were, were pretty well defended, but it's a policy decision to expand what swept. And now, of course, OMB points to holes that if you don't reverse the sweep, then there are appropriations in the budget of about $115 million or so that have no money to back it because they were those appropriations are from the Power Cost Equalization Fund or the Higher Education Investment Fund to pay for uh, the crime bill, to pay for scholarships and grants and whammy and all the other things that you've heard about. Uh, those are still appropriations, but there's no money in those accounts because they were swept into the CBR on June 30th, so the appropriations will be invalid because they have no money. So the, all, these, all these accounts that exist are programs I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know how this works. Is the money, is it in an account and then it gets transferred to a different account or is it one big pool and they're kind of used by these programs or by these? Yeah, sort of both. I mean, they're, they're in the general fund, but the general, general fund has a bunch of sub-funds. So it would be like you going to a bank or credit union and, and you could have one account or at a brokerage. You can have one account or you can have an IRA and a Roth and a three brokerage accounts and huh. you know, money market account and all these things and and you know, those might be considered sub accounts, different ways they're set up, different uses, but they're all your money. And so if you look at, you know, the Jeff's account, which is kind of like the general fund there's a number but you can break it all down into pieces and say you've you actually have a whole bunch of different accounts so as far as i understand this is this situation where they haven't had the three-quarter vote to reverse the sweep on july 1st i said i was told maybe something similar happened in 2004 but i haven't really been able to pinpoint that it did happen in 2004 and they just went home and then came back in January and reversed it. So there was, those accounts were all swept for They were swept on June 30th, yep. Yeah. And that's why we can say with, with certainty that this is an accounting nightmare. They have to spend money, move money around, and then when it's swept, they have to go back and fix the books. So there's a lot of work involved, in a, and, so, and of course the concern is you can't spend money that you don't have so funds like PCE, there is no fix. If you're at the Department of Labor and you have some general funds and some federal funds and some funds that were swept, you can still run your program on the money that you do have. And if it gets funded six months later, you're, you're still okay because it happened within the fiscal year. So in 2004, was this, was this as big of a deal as, as it is right now? Or... Uh, no, it isn't because the, well, 
let's go back to the $115 million of programmatic impacts that they're saying will will hit operating agencies now, uh, the PCE and so on. PCE is 32. The crime bill is another 30, and the higher ed's another 20. So you're looking at 85 to 86 million of the problems in those two accounts. So and the 30 million, that's the earnings from that billion dollar approximately fund. Right. They used to offset the energy. Right. Uh, so 85 million of the 115 million dollar problem is things that have never been a problem before because those two accounts weren't swept until this year. So in Oh, well, so in 04, they didn't. They were not swept. Who was, was governor? I guess Murkowski, right? So, mm, I, yeah, I don't uh, know. Palin was 06. So. Okay. Um, so, is there, I mean, ambiguity in how who de- how these accounts are determined to be? Because I heard this Hickel Cooper loss. I was reading through that. Somebody sent me, and there's mm-hmm. some stuff in there about different accounts, and um, even even the earnings reserve was listed in there as maybe something that could be swept, which is probably a nightmare scenario for a lot of people. Well, because then it's not just a majority to to get the money for the dividend; it's a three quarters. Uh, it would be yes. swept, right? Because you have to bring it, it bring it the, back. Yeah, and the argument that I made in the Senate Finance Committee was that um, PCE, the governor argues, should be swept because although it's in a corporate hand, it's in corporate hands, the Alaska Energy Authority. Um, that isn't really valid because you could put any and all of these accounts in a corporation and that would make them not sweepable, circumventing the Constitution. So even though it's in AEA, we're sweeping the PCE fund anyway because from our perspective, it should be in the general fund and we're going to treat it like it is in the general fund. Okay, take the next step and say, what about the earnings reserve account? The Constitution says the earnings of the permanent fund go to the general fund unless otherwise provided by law. That's, a, that's in a corporation too, right? The permanent, that's a corporation. corporation. So uh, the law says, uh, well, we're going to keep the earnings in the permanent fund because they're going to be the ones investing it. Well, so just like the argument with, with the PCE fund, it's only law that says the earnings reserve account isn't sweepable. The Constitution says the earnings go in the general fund. Therefore, the court probably would find that the earnings reserve account is sweepable. The court in Hickel v. Cooper said, we only use it for dividends. It's not really used for general fund purposes. Well, times have changed. We now draw from a percentage of market value from the earnings mm-hmm. reserve account it's now spent with a simple majority at any time for any purpose by definition that's unrestricted general funds and by constitution the account is in the general fund it's subject to appropriation it's sweepable so if there was a lawsuit over this pce power cost equalization or the scholarships or something that was swept um a side effect of that or a consequence of that un- unplanned, unintended, could be this uh, earnings reserve situation. Right. But that would depend on the courts. And I've given up. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. And and a lot of court rulings surprise me. Oh, yeah. No, you never know with those folks. So, 
So that would probably go to the Supreme Court, just like it, the permanent it, fund. Uh, yeah, it would be Supreme Court a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. So the Wilikowski decision changed the the whole Hickel v. Cooper argument. And going on the Wilikowski decision, the Supreme Court would probably find that it's sweepable. And as you said, wow, if you sweep the earnings reserve account, then there is no money to pay dividends. There is no money to send to the general fund. You would then have to have every budget requires a three-quarter vote. Well, could you imagine? I mean, right now, we saw yesterday, they, they failed by one vote to you know, be able to fund the capital budget. The House did. Right. And a crime bill and, and the reversing the sweep. So if they, if they do, let's say, come together and they figure out a way to get the 30 votes and they reverse the sweep, um, all the money goes back, but then you said it's going to be some accounting. The, the longer it goes, the, the, the more difficult it gets, right? Correct. And, you know, it'll be retroactive to July 1st, but bills get paid now. And, of course, it's not just an accounting issue. For PCE, they might say... The money was in there July 1st, and go ahead and turn in your bills, and the PCE payments will be made retroactive to July 1. But if you take uh, someone who's enrolled in college, and and they're going based on the grant or scholarship or whammy or something, and now that's pulled, they might have to say, I can't go. So if you reverse this in January, they've already missed the semester, if not the year, and they can't get that back. Yeah, no, I heard they were talking, yesterday they were talking about that in the finance committee. Yeah. So you've been, what, 20-some years you've been here. Have, have, have you ever seen, seen it like this? I mean, it seems very politically, I know you don't do the politics, but it seems very politically unstable. I mean, they, no dividend yet and no capital budget yet, all these funds getting swept. Well, yeah, there, but this was predictable. When SB 26 passed, you may remember Governor Walker's immediate reaction. This is a big step forward, but we've got a long way to go. We're now looking at uh, major disputes trying to get through the budget process because the dividend amount is still going to be the issue. And you know, well, others said it too. He certainly understood the the problems we would be facing this session, and and of course, you got not just campaign promises, but a, a deep belief that people deserve their three thousand dollar dividend or whatever, and and other people saying that's insane. We don't have the money for it, so it, it's not just political difference. It's not that the people don't get along. It's that they're very far apart on how to spend the money. So with with the, the dividend, that comes out of the earnings reserve, but this SB26, that percent of market value draw, also comes out of the earnings reserve. So if you were to pay a $3,000 dividend and use the 5.25% draw, I mean, you're pulling quite a bit of money out of that earnings reserve. And you have a big deficit. In, in other words, um, well, you, how many? How many billion? It's like five billion or something uh, like, um, for the di- dividend and the draw. About three billion, and a three thousand dollar dividend costs about two billion dollars. So 
what that means is if you paid the dividend first, you have a billion dollars left for government. Unfortunately, the government spent about 4.3 and has about 2 billion in revenue. So of the 3 billion payout, if 2 billion goes to dividends and 1 billion goes to government, oil revenue of 2 plus the payout of 1 gives you 3. You got a billion dollar deficit. So no. so stepping, you know, way outside of all of this other states, I'm sure look at us and think this is insane. I mean, they're arguing over giving out all this money and they have this deficit, but I mean, no other state has this big fund like we do with 60 some billion dollars in it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, my colleagues think Alaska is a joke in, in terms of trying to put together a budget because like your colleagues in other my, roles in the, my other counterparts, states. fiscal directors in other states, it's, it's just like you have no taxes, <laughs> you give money away and you know, how can you even think you have a budget problem? So do you guys have meetings or annual, do you guys get together or conferences? Um, uh, several. There, there are usually, well, there's, a, there's an association of fiscal directors, and I'll be going to that meeting in September, and then their NCSL has one, the National Conference of State Legislatures okay. has one, and, and they meet a couple times a year as well and just discuss mostly federal budgets. I mean, the, the individual states were also different that, you know, if, if I were to go to uh, Oregon, none of my Alaska knowledge would really apply to Oregon. Their funding systems are different. Their accounts are all different. I could learn, but I wouldn't just step into that job and say, you know, I did it here and 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 things are the same state by state they're not they're Do, very different have they ever have they ever told you you know we, we wish we had your problems all this money and arguing how to spend it well they wish they had my problems when alaska had um, a multi-billion dollar surplus that you know and and had reserves that if the pipeline shut down, we had no other revenue, we could have coasted for three or four years on the reserves that we had, no revenue coming in at all. So most states consider a 5% reserve to be a very nice cushion. And we had a 300% reserve. And for that, they just laugh. We were out of the the National Conference of State Legislatures, when they discussed this stuff, they removed Alaska. Because when they say total reserves held by all states, we're half of it, most of it, <laughs> in fact. Not anymore, though, right? Not anymore. Well, I guess, what is a permanent fund? What is that? Is, uh, is that different? That's a very different thing because it's not really a budget reserve account. You can't spend, yeah, you can't spend it. It's, it's arguably... Um, becoming a budget reserve account in some people's minds, but it isn't. You're not going to be putting money into the permanent fund. You simply are using it as an endowment and funding government from it. But I don't think there's any intention of returning that money if we get lots of oil revenue, uh, returning that money to the so permanent on, fund. On the flip side, if, if things got, let's say, worse and the price of oil went way down again and we had another big fiscal 
you know, crash in oil prices. At some point, and things got really bad, at some point, um, I'm sure the courts would say, well, you, you can't claim kind of bankruptcy because you have all this money over here, this, this permanent fund, right? So, I mean, in the end, that might have to be used if things got really bad. I don't know whether they would break it and say that the permanent fund itself has to be used. They would probably say the earnings reserve has to be used. And I really, again, don't know what the court would say, but let's take an example of education funding. When other states have cut education funding or simply not increased it enough, there have been lawsuits about the adequacy of education funding. Sometimes those state, the states win on the grounds that they do not have the revenue, they cannot pay, they cannot increase funding for education. Alaska would probably lose on those grounds because we have the earnings reserve account and they'd say, you can't claim poverty. You have the money and you must fund education at a reasonable level. This be maybe for pension liabilities too? Pension liabilities are another one that you, we have to pay. And you can see what's happened to New Jersey, Illinois, and several Michigan, others. Yeah, yeah, where they haven't paid the proper amount to pensions. And if you don't pay it, it just stacks up. And your problem becomes worse and worse. Alaska has funded its pension liability obligations. So what do you uh, what do you do when the legislature, let's say, has a normal year and they get out in ninety days or one hundred and twenty days? Um, you're always looking at everything for the current year, or the next year. But right now, I mean, we have special session after special session again. So you're basically working now, similar to the way you're working during the session, right? And so you noticed my Bahamas shirt. I know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> on yeah. Saturday, I put that. Yeah. So somebody sent me the picture of you in the shirt, and I didn't know what I was like. I don't know what that is. And then they sent me a picture of. The marina and the Bahamas, you know, you were in a Bahamas shirt, basically. So I, right. I put on Twitter, I said, this, this guy, David, he wishes he was maybe anywhere else, but, but here. Yeah. Well, truth is, I didn't even look at the shirt when I put it on, but so I wasn't trying to make a political statement, but you ask, <laughs> you know, what I do when they're not in session, and that's a good thing to do, is, is head to the Bahamas or something. But, you know, we, people think, well, we only work during the session, but remember that we have we start in December 15th when the budget comes over here so that's in fact our busiest time of the year we get right at christmas huh christmas and yep, the year yeah and then we work through and when sessions over we then uh, have to straighten everything out and put out our appropriation summaries and various things so we have about 6 weeks to 2 months of of cleanup work after session's gone. So it isn't a three-month job. It, you know, when they last for five, we, we've we got, oh, seven or eight months of, of session-level work. And then, yeah, it's nice to get out of here in the couple months that, that uh, we can. It's kind of too bad that the good months sounds like around summertime, right? Late <laughs> summer, fall. Yeah, but Juno's awfully nice in the summer. That's too, what I'm so saying. You, mean, to it's, leave. It's, it's, yeah. you don't want to leave. You always want to leave in the winter, Alaska. Uh, it's the best time to go. Well, October in Juno. So you, uh, last thing I want to ask. So you work for the 60 legislators, um, but, but I mean, do you kind of 
who are your, I guess, bosses? Would it be the speaker and the president and the president? Or No, uh, technically, I'm appointed by the Legislative Budget and Audit Committee, which is a joint committee of Senate and House. Uh, as a practical matter, we spend 90% of our time working for the chairman of the Finance Committee. Okay, yeah, because you're, yeah, you're always in the finance yeah. meetings. And, you know, then finance members and, and of course... Any member can come to us at any time for any question, and they do. You know, what happened to this capital project? My, you know, we weren't we didn't we get money for this road? How come it's still not fixed? Yeah, yesterday I saw some, one of the legislators asking you about some something in the lines of the but you were he was asking yeah. clarification. So yeah, common. Well, Mr. Teal, I want to thank you for uh, for doing the podcast. It's a very interesting discussion. I don't think a lot of folks uh, could have this kind of discussion. So I appreciate you doing this for me. Well, it was fun. I know you're uh, got to get back to those Excel big Excel sheets. Yeah, got to get back and see what they're doing on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking about the uh, another another bill. Yesterday was the kind of permanent fund bill from the House Finance Committee. They're going to be talking about. So I'll be watching it as well. Yep. Well, thanks again, David. Uh, and well, you're welcome. Hopefully, uh, maybe once this mess gets over, you can go check out the Bahamas again. <laughs> I was there once on a cruise years ago, so oh yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, we have a place down there, so it's uh, it's nice to go back. Well, maybe I'll run into you there sometime. Yeah, great. Okay, well, right. thanks for thanks again, David. Appreciate the it. Interview. All right, yeah. folks. If you want to uh, have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, let me know, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Let's